Welcome to Food is Not a Four-Letter Word, the podcast where you ditch the diet drama, banish body shame, and reclaim your life, all while creating a body you love. When it comes to body drama, your host, Carmela Romalia, has been there, done that, has the t-shirt, and wrote the books. And now, here's Carmela. Hello, hello, my friends. It's me, Carmela, from Happy Calories Don't Count, with episode number 21 of the Food Is Not a Four-Letter Word podcast. Happy New Year! Yay! So this episode is all about back to basics. But before we dive into that, let's start with our three deep breaths, shall we? Take a deep breath in. And exhale. And again, play along with me. I know you want to. Deep breath in. Exhale all the air, all the stale air out of you. Get it all out. And deep breath all the way down to your toes. Deep breath in. And exhale. Good job. So I start the shows with these three deep breaths, one to ground myself, uh, but two to model for you how simple and easy it is to transform your life. Uh, It really is quite that simple. That's all you need to do. Take a beat, take a breath. And this is why. So when you take a beat and you take a breath, you know, the breath of life, all that good stuff. There's all sorts of physiological stuff that goes on. But from a practical, tangible, emotional, psychological, spiritual point of view, that half a second of taking a beat when you take that breath gives you just a little bit of space and a little bit of grace for you to come back to your center and your source and then take action in the next moment regardless of whatever is going on, you know, emotionally, spiritually, um, whether regardless of the topic, right? These these are general personal development skills. So regardless of whatever is going on in the moment, you've given yourself just this half second to reconnect to your power center so that in that next moment, your action comes from a place of purpose and of empowerment and connection to your higher self and and the goodness and greatness you want to create for yourself in the world rather than just from a place of reaction. And a lot of times, specifically when we're dealing with the issues of this particular podcast, which are relationships to body, relationships to food, to exercise, whatever, they're hot button emotional topics. And so we get triggered. And and then what happens is you come from a place of reaction And that place of reaction lies within the context of the diet and exercise model, which is the source of all of your pain, shame, and drama. So let's get back to basics in 2022, shall we? All right. This podcast and and me, Carmela Romalia, the G is silent, uh, and my work, uh, Happy Calories Don't Count, all, all of this stuff is about healing and transforming your relationships with food, exercise, your body, your weight, yourself, so that you can create a body and a life that you love. Now, right there in the current moment, there seems to be a lot of disconnects, you know, based on the diet and exercise model, and then based out of the down with diet culture and body positivity movements that have come out of this as a reaction to the diet and exercise model. Um, I think that on some level, many of us know that the diet and exercise model is the source of the pain. And rather than really understanding how to transform it and how to um, just take the wind out of its sails, a lot of, of the current movements of the time are coming from a place of reaction to that diet and exercise model. So you get that down with diet culture and body positivity thing that that still still creates pain and still creates confusion. So I'm going to illustrate some of these basic 
ideas that I see and I hear floating around out there in the world. Um, One is that the idea that to look the way you want to look um, is difficult uh, based on the diet and exercise model. So to lose weight or to maintain your weight is difficult and challenging and hard because the diet and exercise model sets up this price, this idea that you have to pay a price to eat. And so um, to look a certain way you need to override your body's instincts. You can't eat whenever you want, whenever you feel like it, because, you know, Lord knows you're just going to go crazy and end up as big as a house. Or, you you know, you have to have this this austere lifestyle where, you know, your body is your temple. And, you know, if you're one of your body is your temple people, more power to you. Lord love you. And you're probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, but there's this idea that you have to be very controlled and restrictive about what you're allowed to eat. Um, because if you if you eat something you're not allowed to eat, that's going to negatively impact your body size and shape. And then you also have to do this hard work of exercise. And you have to motivate motivate yourself to do this thing and exercise becomes this penalty or this punishment and and all of all of the dysfunction all of the pain all of the shame all of the drama all of that stuff is born from that singular idea that you have to pay a price to eat which is the core thesis of that diet and exercise model which is transaction based calories are the currency of exchange in that model now another thing going on in the culture is that um to want to look a certain way, you know, based on the women's empowerment movements or the down with diet culture movements, you know, means you're vain, means you're some silly, silly girl, silly woman where that you have no self-esteem and you're very shallow because you care about what you look like and that it's just vain to want to look a certain way. And and that then you're just not accepting yourself and your and your womanhood and 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 all of this negative shame around not accepting yourself just the way you are. Uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot that we, that we girls have to deal with. And so, um, my expertise, I lie in untangling this tangled tangle of tangles in this web and pulling apart, uh, all of the different issues. And I provide a different model, a relationship-based model that actually helps you create healing and transformation in the current moment. So regardless of what you happen to look like right now, whether you are at the size you want to be, whether you have five pounds, 10 pounds, 50 pounds you want to lose, whether you're as fit as you want to be, whatever, right now in the current moment, you can feel good in your body and you can feel good about your body. And you still have a journey where you want to optimize your physical well-being, your physical results. And on that journey, you have that peace and freedom and joy all the way along. And that comes from engaging in a relationship-based model. This idea of, of goals and New Year's resolutions and things like that, they're only really effective with things that aren't relationships, right? So you can have a goal to, you know, climb every mountain or visit every national park in the United States, or you could have a goal to visit all 50 states, or you could have a goal to run a seven-minute mile, and you work hard to achieve your goal. But once you've achieved your goal, you've achieved it. It's not like you're necessarily always going to run a seven-minute mile. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. You know, whatever. But this idea of relationship, uh, one of my favorite uh, analogies, I guess, is that when it comes to your body, you are really in relationship with your body. And so for the women who fall victim to the this idea of of the fairy tale fantasy of I'm going to, you know, marry my prince charming. I'm going to find my prince charming and all of that. And and it's it's I don't 
I don't say that it's a fairy tale fantasy in the sense that you can't find your quote unquote Prince Charming because there are lots of wonderful men out there. Um, what I'm saying is this idea of, yeah, you found Prince Charming. Now you got to live with him and you got to live with him with real life day in and day out. You know, whether the dishwasher gets emptied, whether there are socks on the floor, um, what, what, whatever is going on, it's, it's the nature of a relationship. It's not one and done, like achieving a goal. It is an ongoing relationship. And that's another reason that people struggle with their body and their weight from within the context of the diet and exercise model, because the diet and exercise model is going to give you this, okay, goal, you want to lose this 20 pounds, great, you lost the 20 pounds, but now you have to maintain the weight loss. You know, so there's the relationship in losing the weight, but then there's that relationship piece where you're maintaining the weight loss. And if you did not enjoy the process of losing the weight, you're not going to enjoy the process of trying to maintain it. And that's just another example of, you know, how these diets don't work, you know, the the roller coaster. And we're at the new year where there's all this energy around the idea that, yeah, I'm really going to do it this year. This year, this is going to be my year. You know, I, I'm going to take the bull by the horns. I'm going to, you know, overcome my obstacles. I'm I'm really going to solve this problem. And, and you know, I'm, I'm really going to start to feel good about myself now because I've, I've, I've got this bugaboo off my back. And I'm here to tell you, friends, that and I'm telling you this out of love, <laughs> that as long as you are coming from the context of the diet and exercise model, as long as you are coming from within that framework, that bugaboo is never going to get off your back. Um, and the only way to really shift that is to switch to a transaction-based model. And that's what this episode is all about. So just to give you a little bit of background for those of you who are new, I know all of this stuff in my bones, <laughs> you know, and that's why these podcasts, I just sit down in front of the microphone and I start speaking. They're all stream of conscious. They're not outlined. I, I flub my words because generally my brain is, is spinning faster than my mouth can speak, which is another reason I need to ground myself with my three deep breaths in the beginning. And with those three deep breaths, I connect with my body. I connect with myself. I connect with my source so that I can offer my very best to you. When I was 17, I was hospitalized for anorexia at 80 pounds. And, you know, I was just a teenage girl. I made the varsity cheerleading squad, and there were things about my body that I didn't like when I saw how short those skirts were going to be. And I saw all the other cute little cheerleaders in their cute little bodies and their cute little skirts. And I didn't feel like I looked as cute as they did. And I just wanted to go on a diet because I wanted to be cute and popular and have the boys like me. You know, I was a teenage girl. That's what teenage girls like to do. You know, those are the things that are important to them. And I didn't have any other access to any other type of thinking. Um, at the time, you know, I grew up in the 80s, and so I had the magazines, and I didn't even have the internet. I can't even imagine what the girls have to deal with now in terms of social pressure with, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and all of their other social media things. It's all visual-based, and it's all fake anyway because they're using the filters and taking a bajillion photos just to get the right, you know, the right frame and all of this. So I, I really... I really have a lot of empathy and compassion for anyone who's having to deal with that today. You know, I, I just can't even imagine it. But I don't even know at the time if I could have even found an alternative type of perspective because this diet and exercise model is so insidious. It is everywhere, even in the eating disorder treatment centers. You know, so I was hospitalized at 17. I was 80 pounds. And by the time I was 25, you know, I'd been in treatment four more times. And at 30, I was somehow 200 pounds and suicidal. And I could not do that to my mom. So I had to figure out a way to live. And 
and in my figuring out a, a way to live because I simply could not continue to way, to live the way that I had been living, I inadvertently stumbled into this this um, lifestyle because I had no other choice. You know, I'd been pushed to the edge. I had no other choice that to use an analogy from the movie, I saw the matrix for what it was. You know, I started eating just to eat because I I could I couldn't I couldn't deal with that stuff in my head anymore. The judging, the counting, the the potential list of consequences and, and all of the stuff. I just started to to eat whatever eat whatever I wanted to eat. I mean, I was fat anyway. You could you, you there was nothing I could do about it, you know? And so I started to to eat whatever I wanted to eat whenever I wanted to eat. And I just didn't even worry about it. And, you know, for that first week, I stopped going to the gym. You know, it wasn't working anyway. And I hated all of those mirrors. I hated looking at my fat self. And I just, you know, stopped going to the gym and lied around the couch for a week. And after about that, I got bored and I started going for walks. And lo and behold, I start to feel better. You know, I still I start to feel better about myself and I just start to feel better about life because I, I didn't have that that constant in my head anxiety and stress about food, exercise, my body, my weight, any of that kind of stuff. I just kind of I had to exorcise it from my mind to stay alive. That was that was is what I had to do. And I turned around one day and I'd lost like 50 pounds. And I didn't I didn't even know that I had done that. And today I'm a person that eats whatever I want whenever I feel like it. And I move my body in ways that feel good to me when I feel like it. No stress, must, fuss, no drama, no pain, no shame. I'm getting older and people still think I look pretty darn good. So this is a lifestyle that is relationship based. So the the diet and exercise model is transaction based. It says that your body is a combination of diet and exercise, calories in, calories out. And it says that what you eat directly impacts mostly through calories, but then, you know, some from those carbohydrates and those fat grams and that glycemic index and and whatever it is you want to do, what you eat directly impacts your body's weight, shape, and size. It says that what you do for exercise directly impacts your body's shape and size. It's that idea that if you eat more, you eat the wrong kinds of food, whatever, you're going to gain weight. You eat less, you eat the right kind of food, and you lose weight. You exercise more, and you lose weight. You exercise less, and you gain weight. That essentially your body is just a balance sheet of calories in and exercise out. At, At the core fundamental level, that's all it is. It's transaction-based, that calories are a currency of exchange, and you have to pay a price to eat. That price is exercise or weight gain. Now, you've been around the block a few times, and you have tried a bunch of diets, and you've heard all these different things, and you've been to nutritionists, and you've read up on the latest research, or you've been to the gym and the personal trainers and their nutrition plans and all of that stuff, and you've done enough personal development work, and you kind of figure out, oh, well, it's not just calories in, exercise out. Um, I know my body's not just calories. It's, you know, the quality of the food, or maybe it's my hormones, or or maybe, you know, it, it's it's my, my inner child issues, or my intimacy issues, or my lack of self-esteem, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And what I submit to you is I submit that at the end of the day, if you really dig deeply enough, and you start to look at it, All of the stuff that you're trying, ultimately, at the end of the day, is coming back down to how to balance that balance sheet of transactions, how to make yourself not want to eat or only want to eat the good food, how to help yourself stay on that diet, even if you're not outwardly calling it 
a diet. You know, so you want to go to the naturopath to balance out your hormones. Um, why? Because your hormones are making you have sugar cravings. And then if you have sugar cravings, then you want to eat all the sugar and the cookies. And well, that's just going to negatively impact that invisible caloric balance sheet. Or you want to go to therapy because you want to heal your mommy issues and your daddy issues so that you won't want to seek comfort in food, which is negatively impacting that caloric balance sheet. Or you're going to surrender your struggles to God or some other um, spiritual practice that you engage in so that you can be successful on your diet. At the end of the day, every approach out there ultimately comes back down to that diet and exercise model. And that's why you have the bugaboo on your back. And that's why you can't let go. And even things like the intuitive eating, which is really popular right now, you can't relax and get to a state of true and authentic intuitive eating if you are filtering every impulse from your body through that lens of the diet and exercise model. And I don't know any other intuitive eating coaches who take the diet and exercise model to task the way that I do. Um, the other intuitive eating coaches that I've seen, it's a great popular buzzword right now. And this whole idea of just listen to your body, just listen to your body, just eat intuitively. It becomes this social soundbite um, because then what they end up doing is they they make these really weird hunger scales and, and you're supposed to figure out, you know, like how it really understand when you're hungry and when you're not hungry and how hungry do you have to be to really eat and then you stop before you're really really full and and, and the, it's just a whole another level of drama and mental gymnastics on top of that to figure out if you're really hungry or not because they have not broken free of that diet and exercise model that at the end of the day suggests you have to pay a price to eat and at the end of the day says that your body is simply a result of what you eat and what you do for exercise. Now, my approach is a relationship-based approach and the primary relationship is the relationship with your body. So your body is not a caloric balance sheet. Your body is not an algorithm. And right now we're living in an era, and especially at a time of year when you're going to be seeing things everywhere for these little fitness trackers and the, these wellness apps, and it's on your phone or it's on this little watch, or you can join this community um, uh, on this treadmill or this bicycle where, or even this mirror where you're logging your calories and you're logging your workouts with these virtual people and everybody's going to brouhaha and support you on this quest that is all from that transaction-based framework. Your body is none of that. Your body is a complex system of living intelligence. Your body has divine energy running through it. And when I say divine energy, I don't mean to sound all spiritual woo-woo and, and gaudy about the whole thing. What this, Why I call it divine energy is because it has its own point of view and it knows better than you do. Like it, it operates without you, without your consciousness. So if you cut your finger in the kitchen, your body automatically goes to start healing itself without any, any intervention on your part. Yeah, you might clean your cut and you might put a Band-Aid on it, but you're not doing the actual healing. Your body knows how to do that. Uh, if you start to get sick, it's your body's immune system that starts to kick in and make you better. Your body has this innate wisdom and intelligence. It knows how to create an optimized state of health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy. And it is guiding you there in each and every moment. The problem is that you can't hear it because you're stuck in the diet and exercise model. And this whole thing about your relationship with your body is very, very important. It's one, in my opinion, it's it's one of the most important things that you ever deal with as a human being. And that is because your body is the vehicle through which you experience this life. So 
your entire life experience is filtered through your experience of your body. So if you're not feeling good in your body, whether it is an actual physical state, like you are physically ill or you physically have pain, or whether it is an emotional, psychological, spiritual state that you don't feel good in your body because you feel like you feel fat or you feel like you feel ugly or whatever it is, how you feel in your body and about your body impacts every single bit of your life experience on this earth. It impacts your relationships. It impacts your career. It impacts your health. It impacts your finances. It How you feel in and about your body literally affects the quality of your life. And that's why this is such a big deal. That's why this is so important. And so to actually create the healing and transformation that you desire, it's imperative that you shift from that transaction-based model of diet and exercise into a relationship-based model of health and well-being. And for lack of a better term, I call my model Happy Calories Don't Count because that was the title of my first book. Happy Calories Don't Count, neither does unhappy exercise. And it's also a play on words in the sense that, you know, happy calories don't count. That whole underlying idea of a transaction-based model is within the title. Happy calories don't count, neither does unhappy happy exercise. So it's this idea of that transaction-based model we're rejecting, but then also that idea that when you step into a relationship-based model of health and well-being, your entire experience of life, of your body, of yourself improves. It becomes much more peaceful, much more joyous, a much happier experience all the way around. So let's figure out how to do that, shall we? All right. Oh, and and the other thing that I did want to point out, it, like I mentioned, these are stream of conscious. And so sometimes I'll have two thoughts in my head at the same time, and I can only pick one route to go down. Um, this whole idea of of your body being a caloric balance sheet and the other part about, you know, eating whatever you want and the hunger scales and how hungry are you, whether or not it's an intuitive eating approach or whether it's some other diet or exercise program. All of this is predicated on these assumptions and these mindsets that come out of that core fundamental base premise of that you only get so much to eat that your body is a result of how much you eat and and when and what and what you do for exercise and that that is that is the result that is what your body it is a, a culmination of. And so all of these other dysfunctional ideas come out of that and one of those ideas is you know eating when you're hungry. You're only allowed to eat when you're hungry um, because the the assumption, the idea is that if you're eating, if you're not hungry, then you're just wasting calories, right? You, you only get so many calories to eat a day. And if you're if you're eating when you're not hungry, you're you're just wasting them. And then there's this whole uh, other rabbit hole of emotional eating that we can go down, right? Well, if you look at it th from this perspective, why do you eat for physical hunger in the first place? Why is physical hunger even a cue for you to eat? And if you're working with one of your hunger scales, you know, how intense does that hunger have to be before you start to eat? Why is that? It's because being hungry doesn't feel good. And, and coming from someone who starved herself to 80 pounds, I can tell you that being hungry hurts. It literally hurts. So eating for physical hunger is eating for emotional reasons. You want to stop hurting. You want to feel better. So all eating in the context of the happy calories don't count approach, in the context of this relationship-based model, all eating is emotional. You don't have to worry about whether you're really hungry or not. You don't have to judge. You don't have to play those mind games and do those mental gymnastics. All eating is emotional. The only question is, are you eating to feel better or are you eating to not feel bad? And the distinction is not between better and bad. 
The distinction is between feeling and not feeling because we can never not feel. And that's why that emotional eating thing gets into that vicious cycle Could because you try to eat, to, you, you feel bad, you, you don't wanna feel bad, so you eat to not feel bad, but you can't not feel so that you're, you're still feeling bad and then you feel bad about eating to not feel bad. And then it gets into that vicious, vicious circle, right? It's eat to feel better. And as soon as you stop feeling better, you naturally stop eating. And that truly is intuitive eating. That is truly just listening to your body's impulses. You feel like eating something, you eat it. Whether, you know, regardless of what it is, you don't know what your body is craving in in that particular food. So you just don't worry about it. So to get back to this idea of this relationship-based model, the primary relationship is the relationship that you're cultivating with your body. Your body is your partner in this life. Your body is this one constant in your life. You cannot escape it. You escape your body and you're dead, right? So your body has been with you from the moment you were born and your body is going to be with you until the moment that you leave this earth. So it can only serve you to cultivate a relationship with that, to curate a, a respect, to curate a communication, to really become embodied. And the best part is that once you're embodied, you just know when to eat, how much to eat, what to eat, when. Uh, you know when to do for exercise, what to do for exercise, all of all of that stuff. It's just instinctive and natural. And you're and because it's coming from the wisdom and guidance of your body, it's it's creating that state of optimized health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy. You're following that path. And so right now in the moment, you might not be where you want to be, but you still have that peace and freedom around food and exercise and your body and yourself. You have, you know, this boost of confidence and this boost of energy and boost of self-esteem. And as you move forward in time and space, you continue to optimize your state of health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy through time and space as you are reaching your ultimate goal, which I will submit is never going to be a finite outcome. It's in terms of relationship right? So you could hit a certain number on a scale, but I'm here to tell you that scale is never going to bring you peace. And even if you consistently stay at that number on that scale, what's critical, more importantly than the number that you may be able to maintaining because yay, now you quote unquote did it. What's the most important thing is the sense of peace and freedom that you feel, that sense of well-being that you feel about your body, yourself, and life in general. So the first step of the happy calories don't count approach is to ditch that diet and exercise model. <laughs> and and I've spent, what, 30 minutes talking about that already? Now here's the deal. It's everywhere. It's literally like living in the movie The Matrix. Like, seriously, every every conversation, every marketing message, every everything Everything is just coming from that core base perspective. And once you start to recognize it, then you realize, wow, we really like, like Carmela's not kidding. Everything, ev like everything that you can imagine is coming from that core base perspective. And if I don't give you something else to hang on to, if I don't give you something else to think about, your brain's just going to go back into default into thinking in terms of diet and exercise because it doesn't know anything else. And that's what the world is feeding it. Yes, pun is intended. Um, all, all of these these um, these words that come up, you know, the the feeding and, and the consuming content and, you know, all that stuff. I, I know that they're puns, you know, and it's part of everyday speak and and it's not unconscious. I'm just I'm consciously using the word that seems the most appropriate. So if there are any therapists out there that want to, you know, like question my state of sanity because I I use these types of words. And so they want to to, you know, really deep into my psyche. Yes, I'm completely aware of it. Thank you. Um, So to be able to really let go 
of that diet and exercise model. You need something else onto which you can hold. And what I have created for you is this model of alignment. You embrace a model of alignment. And what that says is that says that you need to reconcile, you need to harmonize, you need to align, you need to get congruent with all aspects of yourself, your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and actions. It's not whether or not you eat the cookie. It's not whether or not you go to the gym. It's whether you are in alignment with eating that cookie or going to the gym. So if you have a cookie in front of you and you want to eat the cookie, but you think eating a cookie is bad, but you're tired of being on a diet, but you're just sure it's going to, you know, make you fat and, you know, and it's only it's only the beginning of the year and you've blown your diet already. But, oh, my goodness, it looks so good. And, and they're your mother's favorite recipe. And, and she only ever makes them on special occasions. You know, yada, da, 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 da. it's just back and forth, crazy energy all over the place. And at that point, it doesn't matter if you eat the cookie or you don't eat the cookie, neither action is going to serve your ultimate well-being because you've got this internal conflict all over the place. Your body cannot work effectively and efficiently through this. And the same thing with going to the gym um, or whatever type of exercise you want to do. It's like you don't feel well or it's early in the morning. You don't want to go, but you, you need to burn those calories. You need to do whatever and you get all this conflict and it's a mess. At that point, it doesn't even matter if you go to the gym because going to the gym, you're not going to get the, the benefit that you would have gotten had you been in alignment with the idea of going to the gym. And this is that idea that your body is a complex system. Your body is a complex system of living intelligence. And this idea of alignment came out of my work as a Pilates instructor. So for those of you who don't know, I'm a classically trained Pilates instructor. Uh, I had my own studio for eight years before I ended up writing Happy Calories Don't Count. And then once I started doing this more full time, I closed my studio. And uh, ever since then, I've just kind of been you know, at different studios around the greater Seattle area, you know, a day here, you know, a couple of days there, you know, whatever, just having fun. I really enjoy teaching Pilates because it grounds me in these principles and it helps me help other people connect to their bodies in a way that I think is very powerful. And with every session, I am witnessing the relationship a person has with their body. And believe me, there are a lot of dysfunctional relationships out there. And so that is part of, of how all of this stuff came to pass. Uh, so while I'm teaching Pilates, I see as an instructor that your physical body works more effectively, works more efficiently, and works more powerfully when you are in physical alignment, when your shoulders are over your hips and your hips are over your knees and your knees are over your toes and you are recruiting the proper muscles to do the proper movements, your body as a physical system works optimally. That's the goal. Well, you're not just a physical body. You are also an emotional body, a psychological well-being person. You are a spiritual being. So what we want to do is we want to integrate all of these aspects of yourself and get them all in alignment so that the totality of who you are as a being can work optimally, efficiently, all of that stuff. And so there is a picture of this model of alignment on various uh various videos on my YouTube channel. There's a whole chapter dedicated to it in Food is Not a Four-Letter Word. I describe it in Happy Calories Don't Count. Um, it's it's out there in the world. It's on Facebook and Pinterest everywhere. You know, you just want to, you want to go look for it. You can find it. Um, but essentially visualize the idea of of five, and I use five because I'm specifically talking about food and exercise, but five rings, for lack of a better word. And the fifth element, uh, that movie also inspired it, this idea of, of divine energy or universal energy flowing through the heroine, you know, as she's the fifth element going to, to destroy all of the evil that is coming to, you know, destroy the world. So anyway, you've got a ring that represents your thoughts, and you've got a ring that represents your beliefs, and a ring that represents your feelings, because 
Yes, they're similar, but they are distinct in my book. And then because we're specifically dealing with body stuff, I've got a ring for food and a ring for exercise. But Practically speaking, you could combine those two rings into a single ring for action. And the idea is that you need to get them visually all lined up. And when they are in alignment, then life force, the universal the universal energy of life, the thing that is animating your physical body, all of that stuff can flow through the system, the complex system that is you, powerfully and effectively on your behalf. And what's important about this is that it lets you off the hook because you are not responsible for the outcome. Your body is in charge of the outcome. Universal life force flowing through your body is responsible for the outcome. And that's why, you know, if you're doing a diet and exercise program and you're not getting results and you're miserable about it and everybody's saying that you're failing, you know, and or you're cheating or there's something wrong with you, it's like, no, you're not responsible. Yes, you are absolutely responsible for what you eat. No one else is going to put the cookie in your mouth. No one else is going to, you know, make you eat the broccoli or whatever it is. And you are absolutely responsible for what you do for exercise. You're the only one that can show up for yourself. You are absolutely responsible for what you eat and what you do for exercise. But the fact that you are responsible for your actions regarding food and exercise does not mean that you can therefore control the outcome. It does not mean that you can control your body. Your body is responsible for the outcome. That universal energy of life force flowing through your body is responsible for the outcome. And right there, that is going to get that monkey off your back. That is one of the greatest benefits of switching from that transaction-based model that says, if you don't eat right, it's your fault. You know, it's a fallacy. It is just a flat-out fallacy. Switching from that model to the relationship-based model of happy calories don't count will completely transform your world and your life in that single step alone. But I'm not done, okay? So that's the first step, is embrace a model of alignment. The second step is to connect with your body. Now don't run away. (laughs) So if you would have told me, you know, 20, 30 however many years ago, I don't really want to count the numbers, uh, that the way to create the body that I wanted, a body that I loved, a body that I felt good in about, a body that I thought looked good, you know, all of this stuff, the way to create that body was to connect with it. I would have turned and run from you as far away and as fast as I could get. Why? Because if I connected with my body, I might actually feel my body. And if I felt my body, then I would feel the pain. I would feel the pain of being on a diet all the time, the physical pain, the emotional pain, the spiritual pain. I would feel the pain of beating my body up at the gym every day. And if I felt that pain, I might not be able to continue to do the things that the diet and exercise model were telling me that I needed to do to get the body that I wanted. And so there was no way I was going to take that risk. It wasn't until I was completely broken and I had no other choice that I was kind of forced into that situation. It's the diet and exercise model that makes it so that you can't connect with your body. The diet and exercise model demands that you disconnect from your body in order to quote unquote be successful because you can't just eat whenever you want to eat and you can't just eat whatever you want to eat. You can only eat when and what that diet tells you you can do, that external authority, regardless of what type of food plan or diet it is. The same thing with exercise. You have to show up and do what that external authority tells you you need to do. So the diet and exercise model demands that you disconnect from your body. And because that is such an unnatural thing to do, that's where all of the mental mind games enter. That's what creates all of the emotional, spiritual, and psychological dysfunction around everything. And once we get rid of that diet and exercise model, and you recognize that, yes, you're responsible for what you eat and what you do for exercise, but that doesn't mean you can control the outcome. And once you get that monkey off your back, once you let yourself off the hook and you have peace and freedom around that, connecting with your body is a very natural thing to do. You live in your body. 
your body wants to connect with you. You are in partnership with your body. So it's a very natural thing to do. Now, I model how to do that at the beginning of every episode. So let's do that again right now, shall we? Take a deep breath in for me. And exhale. And again, take a deep breath in. And exhale. And last one, deep breath all the way down to your toes. Inhale. And exhale. There. Now I can't see you, but I'm betting. I've got a 99.9% bet that you just connected to your body. It's very, very simple. Very simple. Very natural. It's one of the most natural things in the world. All right? And when you are connected to your body, your body is the thing. Your body is the thing that knows how to create that optimized state of health, vitality, well-being, beauty, and joy. Your body is the thing that knows how to create the body and life you want. No one else knows. Not some doctor or nutritionist or personal trainer or dietitian or, you know, whatever. It's your body that knows. So you need to get out of the diet and exercise model, which I affectionately refer to as diet drama land. Get out of diet drama land and connect with your body. All right. Step three is to enjoy your food. Because think about it. Why wouldn't you enjoy your food? You only wouldn't enjoy your food if It was legitimately something you didn't like, but you were eating it because of some diet. And you know what? We don't do diets in Happy Calories world. You know, we're done with that. So forget that. Don't eat something that somebody else tells you that you need to eat, especially if you don't like it. The other reason you might not enjoy your food is if you thought you were going to have to pay a price for it later. Hmm. You were worried about it. It created anxiety. You felt guilty about it, right? Well, that's just a sign that you're thinking in terms of diadrama land. So these steps have these built-in checks and balances. So yeah, enjoy your food. It connect with your body. And that's why connect with your body. First, first you got to get out of diadrama land and then you can connect with your body. And when you're connecting with your body, you can trust its impulses. Your body, everything you do, everything you eat, everything you do or don't do for exercise has an impact on your body. Your body would not inspire you to do something that would be harmful to it. So Connect with your body. And if you want to eat the cookie, eat the cookie. Enjoy the cookie. All right. Step four is to exercise daily to connect with and tune your body. Now, I, I, I heard it. I heard the little ears peak. I heard the little cackles on the back of the neck go up. What? What? That sounds a lot like diet and exercise. Uh, no, 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 my friends. This is very, very different. Why are we exercising? We are exercising to connect with and tune our bodies. So exercise is not a penalty. It is not a punishment. It is not the price you pay to eat. And it is a vital part of your health and well-being. We are physical beings living in a physical plane and our physical bodies need to move. I see this at the Pilates studio all the time. Most of the people who come to me are in their elder years, their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and they are doing Pilates so that they can retain mobility while they are aging, so that they can still inhabit their physical body. And in the context of a relationship, daily exercise is kind of like a daily coffee date with your body. It's where you get to spend quality time with your body. It's where you get to learn what it feels like when your heart rate goes up and comes down, what it feels like to stretch your muscles and work your muscles, what it actually feels like to be in your body. Exercise is the place where you get to practice becoming embodied. And when you are embodied, then you know what to eat, how much to eat, and when. It's a non-issue. You know when to exercise, how much, and what to do. It's a non-issue. And because exercise is about helping you connect with your body, it counts. It quote-unquote 
counts. It doesn't matter how many, it doesn't matter what that stupid electronic display says on the treadmill or on your Peloton or on on your fitness tracker or your app or your watch or whatever. Exercise is about connecting with your body. And so you do things you enjoy. And if you're doing things you enjoy, then you don't even have any resistance to it. It's not, it's not anything you need to overcome. It's, it's all good. All right. Now, the final step of this process, and I should mention right now that it's not the, these steps are not sequential. It's not like you do step one and then you forget about it. You have to do step one all the time because diet drama land, that diet and exercise model, that matrix is constantly knocking at the door. You have to constantly stay out of diet drama land. You're doing all five steps all the time. So you're always rejecting that diet and exercise model and embracing a model of alignment. You're always doing your best to breathe and connect to your body. You're always enjoying your food. And if you're not enjoying your food, that's a signal to you that something's off. You're always doing your best to to connect with your body in a physical capacity every day. Now, I recognize that sometimes you get sick or, or, or whatever the case may be. And so it might not be in your body's best interest to work out that day. But what you do do is you do show up for the conversation. You do show up for the relationship and you say, hey, you know, like I can tell we're not really feeling so great today. You know, should we take this day off or or maybe we should do something else? Maybe we should, you know, do some stretching or something like that instead of go do that hike that we had planned. Whatever the thing is, you still show up for the relationship. And step five is what I call clear the channel. And I call it clear the channel because that model of alignment kind of looks like a channel, you know, I guess for lack of a better word. And this is where we use all of those personal development, spiritual growth, self-help skills that we've all learned and studied and we know so well. Um, Those are really important Those aspects of of becoming a more functional human being, a more productive and involved and enlightened human being are very important. It's just that they're not about helping you stay on some stupid diet, right? That's the rub. You do all of that stuff so that you can stay on your diet, so that you can be successful at losing weight. And you never are because you're coming from the context of the diet and exercise model. Once you switch to the relationship-based model of happy calories don't count, all of that stuff that you've already learned and practiced and tries, suddenly it starts to work. Suddenly you start to see benefits from it because what you're doing is you're using all of those skills and tools to help you deal with life in such a way that the challenges of life don't negatively impact the relationship you have with your body. So those are the five steps, my friends. And this is how you create a body and a life you love in the beginning of the new year in 2020 and in every year, in every moment of every day. You don't have to wait to the new year. You don't have to wait till Monday. That that all is, is part of that dysfunctional idea that you have to, you know, motivate yourself and 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 rally the troops and, and get yourself psyched up about, you know, tackling this problem. Your body is not a problem to be solved. Your body is not a goal to be achieved or or a resolution to accomplish. Your body is your partner in relationship. Cultivate that. Work on that. Heal your relationship with your body and watch how your body and your life transform. So noodle on that. And I hope you have a super happy day and I will talk to you later. Bye. If you enjoyed this program, help it out. Give it a like, subscribe, follow, share. You know the drill. If you want to learn more about me, my books, programs, and services, visit my website, carmelaramalia.com. And don't worry, if you can't spell my name, you can also always find me at happycalories.com. Take care. Take care.